This episode of B3 Today is brought to you by your friends at Sensible Waste Consultants. You're probably overpaying on your waste. You don't have to. Give them a call, 812-787-3598, or look them up at sensiblewaste.com. The B3 Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. Hey, it's Brian O. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of B3 Today. Got a lot of great feedback from yesterday's show. People excited that uh, got something they can listen to on a, on a daily basis. So hopefully I'll keep providing info and, and uh, entertainment that you're interested in on these shows. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, got a great one today, Sandra Walter from the IHSAA. She's an assistant commissioner over a few different sports, but we'll be talking about officiating today and and, uh, the program that they're going to put into high schools around the state. You know, it kind of came about, we were talking on a podcast one time about how they're going to attract new officials. I mean, you we hear it all the time. Officials are on on short supply and and uh, how we're going to combat that. Well, I think they got a great idea with this officiating 101 that's going to go into uh, high schools around the state because, you know, we've got a ton of current ex-athletes that uh, if you want to stay part of the game, that's a good way. I, I wish years ago that I would have gotten uh, involved in officiating and and uh, but we'll talk to her about that and and what's caused a, a deficiency or, or lack of numbers in the officiating ranks we're going to talk with with Sandra about that and maybe who knows some other topics but like I say got good good notes on yesterday's show Kyle Soakland from the Evansville Courier and Press joined us he covers high school sports down there of course and, and he's going to be our Evansville guy on on sports like uh, like basketball and, and going into the spring sports in the in the Evansville area so uh, good to talk to to Kyle on that Thursday's big show of course it's probably going to center around the North Davis Cougars who took home the much-coveted sectional 63 trophy in uh, in a classic against Bar Reef. So we'll talk to. Not sure we're going to see. Reach out to uh, John Mullen. Maybe uh, we're going to try to get Dow if if their practice schedule allows. So looking forward to uh, talking with those guys about that sectional, and then looking forward to the regional. I've had a lot of people reach out about Deco, a uh, little medical issue he had. Yeah, I've talked to him. He's he's good. He's you know undergoing some tests and things. I think as of right now, he will be in attendance on Thursday evening. So look forward to having our man back. And uh, I'm sure he appreciates. I appreciate all the people that have reached out to to make sure that he is okay. And uh, so you'll hear his voice uh, very soon again on on the podcast. We'll get right to it. Why don't we uh, take a quick break and then we will get right into the interview with Sandra Walter of the IHSAA. You know your company's probably overpaying on your waste and recycling removal expenses by 20 to 40%. You don't have to! Like 90% of companies nationwide, you're overspending because your contracts don't protect you from price spikes. 
Your service levels are inefficient. Your contracts allow you to be charged those silly ancillary fees. And probably you signed a contract a while back and they haven't lived up to it. You want somebody that can take a look at all of this and save you money. And guess what? If Sensible Waste Consultants don't find anything to save you, you don't pay anything. If we do, then we'll split it. Doesn't cost you a penny and it could actually make you money and you can go back and do the business that you're good at instead of worrying about, am I gonna be on hold forever and follow up to try to make sure the waste companies do what they're supposed to do. You don't have to, sensible waste consultants will do it for you. Quit overspending. Quit wasting time chasing these people down. 812-787-3598, sensiblewaste.com. That's 812-787-3598. Over 20 years experience in the waste business, and we're ready to go to work for you. Sensiblewaste.com, Sensible Waste Consultants will do the job, and they'll do the job right. All right, and to class up the place just a little bit, we've got Assistant Commissioner of the IHSAA who covers boys' soccer, girls' basketball, gymnastics, and uh, girls' soccer. And then, of course, what we're going to discuss a lot today is officiating, and that is Sandra Walter. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. This this works out perfectly with the officiating 101 that we'll get into after a bit, but it's so cool because we've talked about many times on, on, the, on the big podcast about how much we need to attract officials. And everything you see and hear is that officials are in shorter, shorter number. We have a lot of ex-athletes that or is a perfect fit to move right into officiating, which I'm sure you'll agree with. And that's kind of where you're going with this, right? Absolutely. You know, we have right around 160,000 athletes in Indiana any given year. Right. So simple math would tell you we've got around 40,000 kids that graduate. And then what is the question? Right. So we have the then what. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, before we jump into that, let's talk about your career. I know you graduated from Brookville, correct? I love it, yes, which is no longer, sadly. They have consolidated. (laughs) They're part of Franklin County now, right? They are indeed. Yeah. What sports did you play at Brookville? I was a runner. Okay. I was a runner for the... The Greyhounds at the time, if yeah. you will. Green and white Greyhounds back in the day. So. <laughs> but, yes, I ran. From a big family, there's eight kids in my family. So it was kind of a pick a sport and let's see if we can make it all work. And somehow our parents, God love them, they did. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you run distances or, or, or more of a sprinter? Or? Yeah, no, I, I know we've never met, but sprinter doesn't come to mind. With I'm a, I'm a middle-of-the-road, middle-long distance. I got gotcha. um, you. Okay. But it's been a lifelong sport for sure. Still run today. Yeah. When I have time. Okay. Well, I do not. So uh, we do, we do not have that in common. But I uh, I played lacrosse in college. Oh actually. wow. Um, on the wing actually because I was a runner. To yeah. be very honest with uh-huh. you, they needed. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I went to Ball State. Um, started in dietetics weirdly, and then quickly switched back to education. Was a math major, like you mentioned, and uh, spent the first six years at Rushville High School teaching math. Okay. Uh, coaching track, assistant AD, 
prom sponsor, you know, whatever yeah. had to be done. It was, right, right. You know, back then. Yeah. Uh, now, how long have you been uh, on the uh, on the executive committee at the IHSAA, Sandra? Yeah, I've been on staff here 10 years. Wow. Surprisingly. We said we were in some of the other sports, but we're going to talk about officiating mostly today. And what what's the number one problem? Is it numbers that you're facing as far as officiating across all sports? Problem is numbers and attrition right. that we're not then bolstering with new officials. Mm-hmm. That's the the easy problem, I suppose. The the reason behind the problem is is more significant, I think. Um you know, whether it's because we're coming out of COVID for two years past, and we lost, as you can imagine, um, a lot of officials. And we're not unique. Indiana is not unique in that, as, as we've seen that trend across the country. But, right. you know, some people just felt like protecting their family was important, and we certainly can't can't fault anyone right. for that reason. And so they just taking a year and or two off from officiating. And as many people do, you know, you you find other things right. to fill your, your evenings. Mm-hmm. Um you know, officiating is a big ask. You know, most people think that, I don't know, they're experts, that that's all they do, but that is not their livelihood. That sure. is not what they do for a living. They they plumb your house or they drive your child's bus in the mornings mm-hmm. and then the evenings, and then they go to a field or a gym to officiate from, you know, 530 to, to 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it, the treatment of officials, I think we can talk about that a little bit to say that attrition um, some of it can be attributed to just the treatment of officials. It's, right. it's tough, and it's an emotionally involved audience. You know, their child is out there playing, and and I think uh, even myself, I would I would have to admit that there are times when I've watched my nieces and nephews, and I've got 23 of them, uh, 24 oh. actually. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you just you get emotionally wrapped up in the game, and sometimes your behavior isn't what what it should be. We, yeah, we, um, we've tried. Or some of the things- we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> right right and and some people you know it's just when you're already asking them to not not spend their night with their own family to come spend it with our kids mm-hmm. and then treatment is what it is we have on more and more occasions people saying you know what it's not worth it right to me. right and and we hate that you know and so trying to work with our our schools and you know, we've got school administrators out there who are doing a really nice job of just communicating expectations to parents, just, you know, just reminding them to keep it in check, right. if you will, um, as emotionally invested as you get uh, watching your, your son or daughter play. you got to remember that those folks out there adjudicating the game are just there because they want to give back, you know, and it's, it's yeah, and, secondary to yeah. their full-time job. And officials in other mm-hmm. generations – didn't have guys like me with microphones and didn't have, you know, everybody with Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and, and it, it can be, it can be a real problem. Have, have you seen officials come under that kind of scrutiny on social media? Well, more and more, and you make a very good point. Um, some of that has went to led it up to somebody saying, Hey, I, it's not worth it because everything is now broadcast to the world. Absolutely. Yep. Everything can be captured and, and, thrown out there and and some people just don't like that type of scrutiny yeah. you know and, and while it might be just in in yesteryear as you pointed out it might have just been on that floor that night now it is everywhere right. if they someone at least thought that was a bad call and so much of officiating is judgment 
it is a judgment call. Sure. And and we work tirelessly to make sure that they're in the right position to make that call. Mm-hmm. You know, we work tirelessly on on fitness levels, and you know, it's it's difficult um, yeah. for that official to be perfect. That's right. the expectation from many, but they are not. Right. And so five or six thousand people later that we that we license here in Indiana, we we're structured very well and the training and all that goes into officiating in Indiana is extensive. Yeah. And that's what people don't realize either, that it's weekly meetings, it's it's exams, one hundred question exams just to qualify for a tournament level game or just to qualify for a license. There are rule exams that have to be taken, there's associations times 24 spread across the state by which they attend their meetings and have their own training, physical components to training as, as well as in the rule book, making sure that they work, you know, to the best of their ability on the floor, the court, the field, the mat for our kids. Yeah. You know, that's interesting you say that because in, in, you know, I've coached a lot of youth football in the past and, and, you know, helped out with the basketball, um, the, the junior high girls basketball at Bar Reeve, um, over the last couple of years. And, I, I I always try to put myself in check and, I, and try not to just argue calls. But I think one thing that coaches get the most aggravated, I get the most aggravated about, like you said, is positioning. You know, uh, a guy calls a, you know, in, in a football game, a guy makes a call, uh, you know, if just a three-man crew, he makes a call on an extra point from the 20-yard line. <laughs> It just—it's—it's it's not the fact you made the wrong call. It's the fact that you didn't even have the effort to get in position. So I'm—I'm I'm glad you said that. And but but and the but it's just like everything else, right? The good officials are going to work on those things, and and it's good to hear that you know to let everybody know that you've got the the system to to for them to improve upon those skills. Right. And you mentioned just then the the, the three person men and women, mind you, right? That's right. Uh, That's right. On the football field. Yeah. <laughs> but why are we working with three? And it's probably because we couldn't find our fourth. Right. Typically, right. your JV and your freshman level deal with a four-man mechanic, four-person yeah. mechanic right. with football on those Saturday mornings, Thursday nights. But if there's only three out there, it's because a fourth was not available. Not available. Because right. we're losing them. Because last week we had a call and someone probably expressed uh, their feelings with that call. And maybe that official doesn't come back. So right. we've got to be careful what we wish for. And if you treat an official a certain way and it's to the breaking point of, you know, making that decision, am I going to spend time with my family or am I going to spend time with someone else's child to make sure they can participate? Yep. yep. You know, that decision goes both ways. Yep, that's yeah. right. Speaking of, it's a good point because, you know, we're used to saying, like I said, I mean, I just said it, a three-man crew. Are there extra mm-hmm. initiatives that we're going to talk about with the officiating 101? Are there extra initiatives? Because I went to I, – I, I helped call basketball games on the radio for Bari uh, Varsity Girls. So I saw, you know, 26 games there, plus how many others I watched. I never saw a female official. Is there extra initiatives to get girls involved in, in, uh, in officiating? Good point. Um so I mentioned earlier the 24 associations across the state, and they each have a secretary and president, mm-hmm. and we meet quarterly. But what we've also done is expanded our board to include now female officials specifically, minority officials specifically, so that okay. we draw in those people. And, yeah. you know, there were some things that have happened um, as of late with our rating system. Let's just take that as a quick example, where had a female official, but 
she recently married and she, I went to a game uh, to observe and she came to me and said, hey, what happens in our rating system, which is the point system to get them into the tournament and then into the upper levels of the tournament? And okay. many of our officials, you know, that's, that's their aspiration too. Just like sure. our teams want to make it to the state finals, so do our officials. But your question to me was, what happens if I'd, I'd want to have a child? Obviously, there's going to be a year there where she's going to have to take off right. from tournament work. Right. And at the time, our rating system didn't permit. It was maximum points, if you will, for a six out of six year okay. investment. Yeah. Well, she would drop to a five out of six. And I, you know, shame on me as a woman who didn't think of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. But, yeah. But we amend, but we amended our system because of that, okay. just to be inclusive in those folks who, you know, want to start a family. Yeah. Or and dads too. You know, sure, I sure. more and more we see that family dynamic shifting to a balance between uh, the husband and wife, yeah. so to speak, or are those two people in the household who want to care for their children but also want want to, to officiate, want yeah. to spend some nights outside of the home. And so, you know, it's, it's, that's been a fun evolution over the last 10 years, trying to, to want to accommodate everyone mm-hmm. so that they can make this choice and stay with it yeah. for our kids' sake. Right. So let's talk about um, the initiatives that you are putting into place to um, try to attract mm-hmm. younger officials. Sure. So we have tried a lot of different things. I consult with my counterparts across the country and we, you know, we don't all want to have to reinvent the wheel. So we talk a lot about what works, what doesn't. And for a while we were trying to recruit two graduating seniors from each school, high school in Indiana. So you'd have 800 plus 814, if you will, this year, a boy and a girl who were graduating high school. And we were trying to recruit them into the, the officiating profession as they graduated. And then, try to keep them, you know, retain them in the, in the officiating ranks. And one, it was hard to identify them. Two, it was even harder to, to, to keep them in their area or at least track them. Because let's say there's someone in your area from Lagodi. Let's say someone graduates from Bar Reef and says, yes, I'm interested in officiating. And I live in Bar Reef, in and around Bar Reef. Great. But then all of a sudden that young man or young lady decides to go to Valpo University for their next year right? Uh, post-grad, post-high school graduate. Well, that connection then was lost a lot of time. Right. Just trying to keep track of them because they're very, you know, that once they graduate high school, it's really difficult to, to keep track of them. So I was talking to a good friend of mine, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention her name, Beth Megashar. We worked together. I was the athletic director at Lawrence Central High School for 12 years. She was our English department chair and then assistant principal and worked every track meet I ever had. (laughs) (laughs) But she now works for the Indiana department of education. And so I was talking through early last fall or maybe August even of 21. And the thought started to kind of come together that why don't we try to capture kids while they're still in high school? Okay. A lot of our high school kids, work with the youth program now a lot of your let's just use basketball high school basketball kids will officiate those saturday sunday mornings with the youth program yep and and working to build a program all in conjunction and so my mind started going to what if we licensed that kid while they're still in high school data shows that if you can keep someone for three years 
in the profession of officiating, you'll keep them for 10, 20, 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I called my friend Beth Negashar, who I think is the voice of reason with all things. And she now works for the Department of Ed. And I said, Beth, tell me, how difficult would it be to institute a class during the curricular day specific to officiating, officiating 101, mm -hmm. if you will. Right. And I said, and then how difficult would it be to incorporate into the graduation pathway of employability so that these kids who would be very employable right. to the tune of 65 to 85 to 105 dollars a game, yeah. depending on the sport. And so we talked for a while, and this was, again, early September, maybe at the latest, and she said, I think there's a ton of merit. And so while she's not in the Department of Ed, the exact place I needed to be, she handed me to someone, Elise, who was. And so we started working through this concept. And I will tell you, a gentleman by the name of J.T. Koopman, who is the outgoing executive director of the Superintendents Association, fabulous as well. He retired from that executive director of superintendents January 3rd. Mm -hmm. On that same day, he renewed his <laughs> license with us at the IHSAA. Oh, wow. And so certainly someone in our corner. Yeah. yeah. And so what I thought was going to be a very difficult path to get what you, you need to, to incorporate a course, an elective into your curricular day, you need a course number and a course description okay. from the Department of Education. And so I believe JT had a ton to do with that, uh, as did Mr. Taylor, who took over as the executive director. Both of them I, I had a discussion with, and I think both of them very complimentary and very on board with seeing what they could do to help. And I think their help came in the form of the next week, maybe, when I got our our course description and our course number. Yeah. And so huge hurdle there so that now every school in Indiana can offer officiating 101 as an elective for a credit toward graduation, toward that diploma for those high school kids, ages 14 to 19 years of age who are still in high school. And so that's, that's where we are today with seven schools right now in a okay. pilot program. We're learning a lot of what to do, what not to do, which is critical. Yeah. Um, I'd be remiss too, if I didn't talk about the curriculum. Right. And ref rep and ref prep. Uh, Kyle Armstrong is the technology behind the curriculum. They have actually built modules, rule by rule reference, coinciding with the National Federation, which is our rule book, which everyone follows. Mm -hmm. And then has also instituted video in a you make the call situation that's very engaging. So the kids oh, wow. see a call, see a play. Right. Yeah. And then they decide what the right call was. And if they get it right, great. If they get it wrong, then they go back and review. Mm -hmm. And then Kyle has also instituted, here's the rule. Here's the rule reference. Here's not just the call, but where was our positioning to our point when we started this discussion? You know, what, what would have been the optimal positioning for this baseball official when we've got a play coming in at the plate? And you physically see the play. And then um, they run through points and points of emphasis throughout that play. Yeah. And he uses drone technology to capture these oh. plays. It is phenomenal. Yeah, that's it awesome. It is phenomenal. Speaking of things mm -hmm. that, that weren't yeah. there in the 60s, 70s, 80s, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of drones. <laughs> right. yeah. No drone activity. Yeah, yeah. no. 
<laughs> exactly. So if if I'm in a school yeah. administrator and I love this idea and I want to implement it, what do, do they contact okay. you to to get that part of the uh, to put in their school? So they well initially yes. So I put a survey out initially in the fall just to say, hey, who would be interested in if we could get a course number, course description? Right. Of our 407, we had 173 schools that said absolutely, we yeah. would love to to have the implemented so then when our course description and number came out in january i pushed that back out to all 407 schools to say here's your course number here's your course description perfect timing because they were getting ready with their uh guidance department to start scheduling courses for next fall right and so many of them have chosen to um, put that into their curriculum offering mm -hmm. and then what we're doing now is i've built into we have our, our own we call it my IHSAA, but it is a password protected site, but access for every athletic director, assistant AD, principal, coach, you know, instructor, which is what will happen with officiating 101. So yeah. building a resource listing for these instructors to offer it. Everything from here's where you order your rule books, here's where you uh, order the curriculum for the class, here are extensive resources. The exams that we have uh, are at the disposal of instructors, so they're not recreating exams out of a rule book. We have all that. Yeah. The goal in offering this class is to make it as easy as possible for anyone with interest to teach it. Not an expert official. Okay, that was going to be the anyone next question. To yeah. The... yeah, go ahead. No, I was yeah. just going to say, what's the criteria to teach it? Do you, do you have to be a licensed official, or or, or who who's going to teach the classes? Yeah, anyone with interest, like it, like the, okay. yeah, it, yeah. And, and that was a big hurdle too, the staffing. Um, yeah. So if you've got a physical education teacher, you've got somebody like me who's a math teacher but loves the athletic world, I'll hop in a day, uh, every other day if I'm block schedule, what have you, and, and teach that class. Um, Jeff Callahan is the athletic director slash baseball coach at Bedford North Lawrence. He's teaching the baseball curriculum okay. as a pilot this, this spring semester for us. So yeah, anyone with interest, um, I will say too that Kyle in the back end, his, his uh, staff works with the instructor so that a report can be given to you as an instructor daily, weekly, monthly, however you want it to. Who's completed which modules? Let's say on Monday you give an assignment to complete Modules one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Rules one, two, and three, if you would, in baseball curriculum. So the tracking mechanism on the back end is then pushed over to the instructor on that Wednesday, if that's when he or she wants it, or that Friday, or the next Monday, a week. And so the instructor sees exactly who's finished what and to what extent, so that they're not doing that research and data mining either. That's okay. all done for them on the back end and just email to them directly. Wow, that's awesome. So how many sports are covered in, in, in the 101 curriculum? Great question. Eight at the moment, nine soon to be with track and field. So okay. you've got your baseball, softball, uh, football, volleyball, soccer, unified flag football, wrestling, basketball. That's awesome. At the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're thinking several schools are going to start this next year in the fall. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of good conversations. So when I put out the, the course description and number, of course, that, that piques the interest of a lot when you can get credit uh, toward that. And 
I don't want to miss the point either. When you take a teenage young man or young lady and put them in a position of responsibility with fifth and sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade youth programs in this role as an official, as the, the guardian of the game, if you will, when you, when you put them in that position, it is amazing to watch their personal growth Yeah. as, okay, I've got to be responsible. I've got to communicate that I've accepted my contract for this contest and accepted the responsibility of being there half an hour prior to, and then putting them on in a field or a court that you've got fifth and sixth graders. You know, the eligibility for them to officiate is freshman level on down. Okay. No higher. I got you. Because yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. You don't want a 15-year-old kid officiating an 18 varsity level game that, you know, nothing good would come of that. Right. So we yep. paired that provisional license is what they gain after they take the class. Then they go in and register for what we call a provisional license. Those kids 14 to 19 years of age still in high school. Um, and so work with the federation there with um, – the expenses involved to keep them absolutely as low as possible so that, and we carry insurance on those kids. Okay. Should something happen on the field or the court, like we do with every other official. Yeah. Um, strange things happen. And so we think it important to keep that, maintain that even for them yeah. as a provisional license. And, and you mentioned, you mentioned money and, and, and making a few bucks mm-hmm. isn't going to be the only reason that a kid wants to do this. However, from no, mm-hmm. let's just say August well, we'll just say August 15th to June 15th. There's not a lot of days that if you're if you're diversified in what you can officiate that you can't go out and make a few bucks. Right. And we could keep them very busy. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned our 24 associations. So once we have our schools, much like the seven that are piloting right now, right. each school is going to be sent out to those local associations so that they can then in turn pair these provisionally licensed these younger kids up with a more veteran official to work together. Yeah, okay. So, and one to secure contests. I tell you, Avon and Brownsburg are both up here a little further north of you. Mitchell, uh, down in your area, sure. is a pilot school right now. And what they're doing is taking that class of 20 to 30 kids and putting them to work at all of their elementary youth programs. That yeah. they struggle mightily to to, to staff with officials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's working out well for them. Some good. We'll put a best practices together in that resource area, and certainly that's one of them. That is is fantastic. And like I said, this came up on on you know we we talked one time on the podcast. Like, what are we doing? We know there's a we know there's a, a deficiency. What are we doing as a, a as a state to recruit more? So I, I couldn't I couldn't love this anymore. And and like we said, boys <laughs> and girls, we need more female officials yes. as well. I, I watch yes. you know the Big Ten tournament. I mean you know I, I'm a big I call we call ourselves Morin Marks. I love Terry Morin and what she's doing at Indiana and and uh, uh. lots of female <laughs> officials. You know you. You saw it there at the Big Ten tournament, so this is is definitely mm-hmm. not limited to to just males. One last thing, mm-hmm. guy like me, fifty three years old, um, sitting in the stands, 
thinking, you know, I think that'd be fun. Cause I, and, and I said this to my wife, we're sitting at the, at the sectional 63 game the other night and the officials come out and you could tell, I mean, you could tell they were amped just like the rest of, you know, you've got a packed house, big games <laughs> and those guys, a guy like me that thinks, you know, I want to get that feeling again. I want to have that amped big game feel. How do I go about becoming an Indiana official? Perfect. You go to IHSA.org forward slash officials. So IHSA.org is going to get you to our public site. And there is a menu across the top. One of those menu items is officials. You click it, scroll down a little bit, and it'll say registration for. I will tell you the 2021-22, if you want to be a spring sport official, still still apply this year because we've got a lot of baseball, softball, track in front of us yet. If you're a winter or fall sport official, wait until April 1st. April 1st, we start renewals and new licensing for 22-23. So if you wait until April 1st, you can license for multiple sports in that 22-23 school year and would love to have you (laughs) and anyone listening. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be great. I could work a game on on uh, Tuesday night and then complain about myself on the podcast on Thursday. That would be a uh, <laughs> be a nice be a nice segue into some good segments. Uh, well, Sandra, I can't tell you how awesome this is, and we will have all of these links and things in the show notes. And uh, I, I I retweet a, a lot of your stuff for the podcast, but uh, I think this is yeah. awesome. And everybody I've talked to that you know say, "Hey, uh, Sandra's coming on, and here's what she's doing," and everybody loves it. I think you're going to have fantastic success on this officiating 101. I really do. I hope so. For the for the sake of our kids. In our programs across the state, I, I hope you're right. And it's so far so good. I And I really appreciate you spreading the word this way today. Can't thank you enough for letting me oh, come on and, and chat about it. Absolutely. Glad to help. And let's talk again soon. Um, I know we've got a mutual friend in Bari Principal Jeff Doyle. So uh, he keeps everybody yeah. apprised of all the of all the things on the, the administration down here. And uh, we'll, we'll, anything we can do to help you, Sandra, we'll be happy to do so. And thank you so much for your time today. Love it. Thank you. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, that that was uh, very informative, and what a delight Sandra is. Um, you can tell the passion that she has for IHSAA athletics and, and especially putting her time in and, and coming up with, with new ideas um, to try to, to garner these younger athletes and turn them into officials and and like we said there's plenty of work out there and uh so very very good stuff so i really appreciate sandra coming on and and we'll put it in the show notes that uh, if you want to be an official or if you're a young person or an old person or or whatever you are uh we'll make sure we get that out there and and uh you can you can watch our our social media and the ihsaa social media to to get more information on that so that will do it on another episode of the b3 today be another one of these tomorrow and then of course the big show thursday we're working to set that up it'll be a north davis cougar centric show i'm sure we're gonna have some guests on to talk about that big sectional win over this past weekend and and start looking forward to the regional for the Cougars. But again, thank you to Sandra Walter for coming on 
and talking about that. If you if you've got young athletes in your life and they want to stay involved in sports and move on up through the ranks to where maybe someday they're refereeing sectionals, regionals, semi-states, state finals, that'd be fantastic. So until next time. The B3 Today is a production of Impulse Radio.